Hallelujah. Give the Lord a great shout. Hallelujah. Praise. Hallelujah. We are here worshiping the only God. Amen. We're not here worshiping someone that does not have life. We have someone in our lives that has everlasting life. Someone in Norwalk needs to praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How many are happy that are in the house of the Lord? Tell someone next to you, I am glad to see you in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now turn to the other side and tell the other person you are glad to see them. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Amen. We cannot complain. If you woke up this morning breathing without a tube in your nose or in your throat, you should be happy. How many woke up with, with hunger? Come on. You're not, I'm not the only one that wakes up hungry. Even those skinny guys right there, they wake up hungry. Amen. So if you have hunger, that's something good. That means you have, amen, your, your body is working. You have desire. And you know what? The same way that we wake up with that hunger, we should wake up with hunger of the Lord. And just like anyone out there that can breathe the air and be gladful for it, we should be gladful and rejoiceful that we can breathe the Spirit of the Lord in the house of God this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. And, and I just want to reiterate the video that you guys saw. Amen. Is, uh, this week is very important that you turn in your lists. If everybody here should have at least, I don't know, two or three contacts. How many have contacts? How many have someone that, that they're preaching the word of God? Amen. Everybody should. So we ask you that this week you turn into your zone leader, or your supervisor, a list of those names. People that you have been talking to and that you see that they're more open in receiving the word of God. We want, we want to see if really the church of the Lord is working in spreading the good news of salvation to those that are out there. Amen. You know, when we come, brothers, to the Lord, it's not just to fill a seat. We come here because now... We are servants of God. And because we are servants of God, we need to work for the Lord. So I ask you, brothers, please, everyone, everyone should be contacting someone, a neighbor, a friend, a co-worker. Let's spread the word. If we want, we, we want this place filled, we need to all put a little bit of seed in what we're doing in the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, on this day, I have the privilege of preaching to you the word of God. And, and I want to preach with, to you with the bottom of my heart. And I ask you to open your Bible and the book of Exodus chapter 3, Exodus chapter 3, verse 10, we're going to read a couple of verses, uh, Exodus 3, 10 and 15, hallelujah, and I might, you know, say a couple words in Spanish, I don't think nobody here will mind, the majority know Spanish and, and I definitely don't want Mano Valentin to correct me, so please don't correct me. Hallelujah. And I have a strong Spanish accent, so um, deal with it. How many are ready? Hallelujah. Exodus 3.10 through 15, we're going to read in the name of Jesus. It says now, and I might read a different version than you. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of 
Egypt. And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that is, uh, that is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? Let's put our Bibles down and let's pray so the Lord can speak to us. Amen. Lord, we come to you this morning with open hearts. And we ask of you, Lord Jesus, to give us the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Use me, Lord Jesus, to preach the word to your people. I ask you, Lord God, hallelujah, open their knowledge and open their hearts so that they can leave from this place with a different mindset than what they came. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Give the Lord a strong applause before you sit down. Give him glory. Hallelujah. God is good. Hallelujah. All we need is one word from you, God. One word that can change our lives. Amen. You can be seated. And for a couple minutes, I want to preach to you with the title, Excuses Instead of Service. Excuses instead of service. Ask your neighbor next to him, what is your excuse in serving God? Why is it that we feel, brothers, sisters, that we can offer excuses when it comes to things of the church, things of the Lord, uh, that it would be ridiculous to use those excuses anywhere else? Have you ever wondered what would happen if people were as intense and committed and determined about church as they are about sports or any other pastime. Uh, some years ago, uh, Moody Monthly Magazine, a Christian magazine, came out with this piece with, that included in, in this article, excuses which a person might use for quitting sports. And it said the following. Every time I went... They asked for money. The people with whom I had to sit in the stadium didn't seem very friendly. The seats were too hard and uncomfortable. The coach never came to see me. He never visited me in my house. The referee made a decision with which I could not agree. I was sitting with some hypocrites. They only came to see what the next person was wearing. Some games went to overtime, and I was late getting home. The band in the stadium played a number that I had never heard of. The games are scheduled when I have other things to do. My parents took me to too many games when I was growing up. Since I read books and magazines of sports, I feel that I know more than the coaches know. And the last excuse, I don't want to take my children to sports because I want them to choose for themselves what sport they like best. You need to remember, brothers, that in Exodus 3, we have seen God tell Moses that he has heard the cry of Israel for deliverance and that he is now ready to deliver them. Then the surprise, brothers, came in the verse 10 when God told Moses, Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. 
we are going to see today that when God confronts Moses and gives him a calling, Moses is filled with excuses. Excuses instead of service. Have you ever responded that way? You're asked to teach a class and the excuses start. You're asked to help in the nursery and the excuses happen. You are asked to open a cell group in your home to share your faith to your neighbors and the excuses come. You're made aware of some need in the church or in, or in the neighborhood and the excuses come. In fact, if you're asked to do just about anything for the Lord, there's no excuse for that. Brother, can you come help us open this cell group? Oh, I can't, brother. I have to work. Brother, can you come tomorrow, Saturday for prayer at 5 in the morning? Oh, I can't. I work all week and I can't do that. Brother, there's going to be camp revival and you need to go because you need to learn. Brother, I can't because I'm, I'm the height. It gives pressure to my head and, and, and I faint. I can't go up in the mountains. Sometimes our excuses pile up and get in the way of doing something for God I read a funny story about a soldier back in World War II uh, they had a day off and the story reads the following the commanding officer was furious when nine soldiers who had been out failed to show up for the morning roll call not until 7pm on Monday did the first soldier showed up and he said, I'm so sorry, sir, the soldier replied, but I had a date and lost track of the time. And I missed the bus going back. Being determined to get back in time, I hired a cab. Halfway there, the cab broke down. I went to a farmhouse and persuaded a farmer to sell me the horse. And while I was riding the horse, the horse fell and died. I walked for the last 10 minutes and I just barely got here. Though very skeptical, the colonel let the young man off with a reprimand. However, after him, seven other soldiers came behind and had the same story. I had a date. I missed the bus, I hired a cab, I bought a horse, etc. By the time the ninth soldier appeared, the colonel had grown very upset. And he said, okay, what is your excuse? Why are you late? Sir, I had this date and I missed the bus back. So I hired a cab. Wait, the colonel said. Don't tell me the cab, the engine blew off. No, Colonel, that didn't happen. The cab didn't break down. It was just that there were so many dead horses in the road, we had trouble getting there. There's always an excuse for everything that we do, but I want to tell you this morning, there is no excuse that you and me should have to serve God, to get a ministry, to open our houses for the Lord. What excuse do you have this morning? Excuses sometimes are excuses that hold us back to go and be at the place that God wants you to be. Most
Moses had his reasons for not following the call of God. Moses began a series of five excuses that I want to uh, uh, this morning take a couple of minutes and, and, and preach to you about. Excuse number one was the who? Me? You're calling me? The first excuse that Moses offers is kind of pitiful. But see if it does not sound like something that you have said to God in the past. On verse 11 it says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to the Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Moses doubted, doubts remembering his failures. He remembers the time where there was an Israelite and that he went to help him and he killed the, one of the, one of the, one of the, the, the uh, Egyptians. And he remembered that he failed as a leader and that's why he hid and sometimes we remember past accidents. We remember things that we've done in the past. Things that have not worked out. And now when God calls us, we use that as an excuse. And we say, God, but I failed in the past. I tried to do this and I failed. I have, I've been a failure in my life. When people have expected me to do things, I always fail. But God says, I don't care if you failed in the past. I'm calling you now. All the things are new. The things in the past are in the past. And I'm asking asking someone here this morning it does not matter what you have done in the past God wants to use you now someone give him praise this morning hallelujah when Moses tried this 40 years earlier he was neither believed nor listened to but God answers Moses in verse 12 and it says, I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God in this mountain. Moses' first excuse expressed doubt in himself. The first excuse that we need to overpass is doubting yourself. Never doubt yourself. If God is with me, there is no devil, there's no demon, there's no Lucifer, there is no bad spirit that will go against me because God is with me. Hallelujah. You need to stand up this morning and say, I will not fear because you are with me every day of my life, oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Excuse number two. Moses says, by what authority? Moses said, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your father has sent to me. And they asked me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God didn't ask Moses to go and explain things that he didn't know. God told Moses, go and tell them what you know. God is not sending us brothers to do something that you don't know. If you open a house, a cell group in your house, God is not telling you to be a theologian. God is not telling you to be a doctor, doctor, I don't know, uh, Elias Limones or, or, or Reverend, hallelujah, Francisco Cortez. He's asking you to be you. Just preach what you know, what God has done to you you open your house do something that you already know what you should do God is not sending us to do something that we don't know God is sending us to do something that is basic that we should know God 
told Moses, just tell them, I am who I am. God told Moses, it doesn't have to do with who you are, but with who I am. You're not preaching about yourself when you're out in the streets. And yesterday I saw a couple pictures and I congratulate Brother John and Brother Juan and all the group of brothers that went preaching the word of God. God is not telling you to teach, to go and, and teach mathematics or, or theology or, or astronomy. He's, go, he's telling you, just go out there in the streets and tell them what I've done for you. That I took you out of a drunken life. That I took you out of an adulterous life. That you used to steal. That you used to rob. You used to cuss and curse. And now you don't do that. That's all I want you to do I want you to preach what I've done in your life that's all God is asking us he's asking us to do what we already know I am who I am he's literally telling Moses I am he who was and is and shall be I will continue to be what I have always been Excuse number three, the what if. Then Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me nor listen to my voice. Suppose they say, the Lord has not appeared to you. In the King James Version, it says the third excuse begins with, with what if. But what if they ask me a question that I don't know how to answer? Have you ever used that excuse? What if I open the cell group and they start asking me things about, about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and, and the Trinity and, and baptize in the name of Jesus or why not baptize in them like in the name of the prophet Aaron or, or what if they ask me this? What if they, what if they, what if they? We always have excuses. What if? Have you ever used that excuse to open a cell group? I would, but I'm not an expert on the Bible. They might ask me a question and I don't know the answer to it. What ifs are victory killers. God is going to give you the victory, but you start doubting that God will give you the victory. What if will kill the victory that God has for you? I don't know about you, but in my life, every time something has happened, it's because God is ready to give me a victory. If there is a trial, if there is a hard test in my life, it's because there will follow a great victory. The things that are in your life right now is because there is a great victory coming to you. Don't doubt in the greatness of our God. Hallelujah. It is important to note that God did not ask Moses to use something that he does, did not have. God asks Moses, what is in your hand, Moses? God uses what we have. God didn't say, Moses, go to the store and buy yourself the most expensive rod. No, he said, what do you have in your hand? Well, you have this little stick, this curved stick that's it's worthless. I just got it right now from the floor right there. I grabbed it and I brought it and, 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 and it doesn't have no, no meaning. Sorry, brother. And, and he said, what's in your hand? Well, I just have this little stick. Well, I'm going to use that that's in your hand. 
You might think that you don't have a lot of knowledge. You might think that you don't, you're not smart. You might think because you didn't go to school. You might think that because you don't know much about the Bible and you don't have to memorize the verses and because you haven't read the whole Bible the whole year, you might think all these things that are limiting you. But let me tell you, God is saying, son, I don't care if you went to high school. I don't, went, I don't care if you went to preschool. You didn't go to preschool. I don't care if in Mexico you didn't go to sixth grade. I'm going to use the small things that you have in your life and I'm going to make them big. I'm going to expand them. I'm going to make them ginormous for my glory. Whatever it is that you have, God will use. God did not look for Superman. God did not go out and invent a Spider-Man and a Hulk. No, God uses the small, little, shabby, fat, big eared, big nose, big eyebrows person in front of you. God can use anybody. Someone needs to say, Lord, I want you to use me. I have little, use the little. I have a lot, use the lot. Whatever I have, use it for your glory. God uses what we have. He has never demanded from us what we do not have. We will never know the full potential of what we can be done, we can do until we offer it to God. God is not looking for ability. God is looking for availability. He doesn't care if you know. He just wants you to be determined and for you to say, Lord, here I am. Hello, I am here, God. Use me however you want. doesn't care much about your abilities if you know how to read the bible back and forth and you know greek and you hebrew and you chinese and you know gypsy and you know spanish and you know indígena and azteca and lo que quieras it doesn't matter if you barely know english god will use that my mother-in-law she's 92 years old and <clears throat> She right now is in the stages of dementia. She's losing her mind. She sometimes remembers. Sometimes she thinks I'm the, the dad of my wife. Sometimes she thinks I'm a, a cousin. Sometimes she doesn't remember. But this woman who was born in Altamirano, Mexico, didn't go to school. She didn't know how to read. But one day... 25 years ago, she was in Anaheim, and something that she loved to do was preach the word of God. She didn't know much. She didn't know English. She didn't know nothing. But she just knew little things like wash dishes. She knew how to do laundry. And one day, she was in a bus stop, and a lady comes with a bike. And she starts telling the lady, wow, you have a nice bike, and, 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 and where are you going? And, and the lady says, like, who's this old lady? And she says, well, I'm going home right now because I have laundry to do. And my mother-in-law said, well, let me go with you. I want to help you do your laundry. And this woman 
looked at my mother and I said, okay, I mean, she's an elderly lady. She's friendly. She doesn't look harmful. I can beat her up with my bike. So she took her to her house. And my mother-in-law started washing the dishes. And she went to the laundry with her and folded the clothes. At the end of the day, my mother-in-law told her the only thing she knew how to say. Hey, can you go to church with me? She was all day with this woman. Imagine, this woman received free labor. She washed her clothes. She, she washed her dishes. So, of course, what do you think she's going to say? You think she's going to say no? She said, okay, I'll go with you to church. To make the story short, a family of more than 30 brothers and sisters went to church and now are baptized and are supervisor leaders and zone leaders because this old woman only told her the only thing she knew what to do wash dishes do clothing clean the house and invite her to church that's all she knew and God said that is all I need as long as you are willing to say it I will open doors and because of my mother-in-law there's more than 30 new people at church that now are leaders why because this old lady refused to believe I'm good for nothing I don't have abilities. I don't know English. I don't even know how to read the Bible. What are you good at? What are you good at? What abilities do you have? I see smart people here. I see people that have business. I see people that have new cars out there. I see people with big houses. And God is saying, why don't you use it for my glory? The one thing that you have, the small things that you have, let me use it. What excuses do we have? Excuse number four. But Lord, I don't speak well. Moses said to the Lord, oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. Am I, I'm slow of speech and slow of tongue. Moses says, I'm not an eloquent speaker. I talk funny. He may have been slow in tongue, but it seems he was fast in excuses. And it seems odd because Stephen in Acts 7 verse 22 says the contrary. Stephen says that Moses in his, 40, uh, in his first 40 years of his life in Egypt was a man mighty in words and deed. Stephen is saying that Moses was a great speaker. Yet Moses said, I can't talk, Lord. Because we even bring up excuses that don't even exist. We make up things when it comes to the Lord. We make up things, but when, when it deals with the things of the world, it's easy. Hey, I want to invite you to my party next Saturday. Oh, sure, I'll be there. Brother, but you have a cell group. It's all right, I'll move it for another day. Brother, but there's church service on Sunday. It's all right. I always go every Sunday. I have a good deposit at church. I'll go next Sunday. We're good for excuses for the things that we want and the things that we don't want. We bring the worst of them. And God 
told Moses, the Lord said, who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, and the seen, and the blind? Have not I, the Lord, now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth, and I will teach you what to talk. God is saying, don't worry what you do. Just start doing it and I will finish it for you. Just start opening your house. Just start preaching my word and I will fulfill and I will complete what you have started. Don't worry about anything. How it's going to happen. Let me deal with it. The Lord says, I will be with you till the end of days. Don't not worry about your weakness because I glorify myself in your weakness. Our inadequacies, our inadequacies are not a problem for God. He made us the way we are. But if we don't make ourselves available, then God's plan for our lives will not go forward. God wants to use many of you, brothers and sisters, young and old. Many of you have strong marriages and God wants to use you as a strong couple. Many of you have good family kids. God wants to use you with your kids. Young youth, God wants to use the availability that you have, the energy that you have, all that stagma, all that energy that you have. God wants to use it for his glory. God wants to use you in ways that you cannot imagine. But the problem is that you are just full of excuses. Full of excuses. Remember, God perfects himself in your weaknesses. Excuse number five. Moses says, send someone else. Wow. He said, Moses, oh my Lord, please send by thy hand whoever else you may send. Please, Lord, why don't you send Sister Lisa? She's smarter than me. Lord, she's a girl and everybody want to hear her. You don't want to hear me. Lord, come on. Sister Jackie, oh, Sister Jackie's good in talking. Ooh, she talks good, Lord. Use her. Oh, Danny, oh, Lord, Danny, when they see him, they're going to be, wow, what a handsome dude. Lord, they're going to open their hearts because Danny is so beautiful. No matter what sign, whether God promises to be with him or not Moses does not want to go God told him I will be with you God told him I will use the staff God told him I won't going to put words in your mouth and all these things that God told him he still says Lord send someone else this last objection was not based on even the slimmest shred of reason Moses just does not want to do it. Moses is simply putting his foot down and saying to God, no. How many times we have even told 
brothers, don't worry. We'll open a house for you. Don't worry. This brother's going to bring the appetizers. This brother's going to bring the music. I'm even going to take the best musician to church. Just to sad. He's going to go and sing for your cell group. And regardless of how beautiful we put it, we still say no. Do you think this made God happy? Exactly. Exodus 4.14 Then the Lord's anger burned towards Moses. Put this down in your notes and get it in your head. Sink this truth in your mind, brother and sister. God becomes angry at our excuses. When are you going to get baptized? Uh, when there's a shooting star. When are you going to get baptized? Oh, when they, when they give me a free ticket to Cancun and the beaches there are beautiful and clear. When are you going to get baptized? Oh, Lord, when my husband or my wife start going to church. God becomes angry at our excuses. His blessings are withdrawn from those who whine. You think you're blessed? Yeah, you're blessed. You have a good job. You have a good family. Praise God that you have a roof and you have a beautiful church. That's good. But you know what? There are greater blessings that are stopped from coming to your life. You know why? Because you like to whine and complain. Because you have excuses. And God says, I have so much more than a house, than a beautiful family. I have so much more for you, but you are holding me back. Because if there's one thing that I hate, is excuses. If Adam could only have admitted, Lord, I failed. You gave me the, the authority, but I failed. And I was the one, Lord, forgive me, Lord, for I have sinned. God would have done something else. But because Adam had an excuse, the wife you gave me. And the wife, the serpent that you made. The poor serpent, he didn't have nowhere else to go. The fruit you made, I don't know. You are stopping the great blessings that God has for you. Yeah, you take nice vacations. Yeah, brother, you have a nice car. You show off all the talents you have. But you know what? That's just a little portion of what God has for you. You are stopping it with excuses. God is not going to feel and pour down his spirit towards your life, towards your family, till you say, Lord, no more excuses. Here I am and do whatever you want with me, God. God becomes angry at our excuses. His blessings are withdrawn from those that complain. It is not because the Lord has patience only for four excuses and the fifth is too many. No, but because Moses is refusing to trust in God. When you doubt God. When you say no I can't Lord because I can't talk When you say no Lord because I'm scared When you say no Lord because I'm new I, I don't know I'm, You are saying God I don't trust you 
And if there's something that angers God, is that when his people don't trust him, God is saying, have I ever failed you? Have I ever done wrong to you? Have I ever failed you? Have I ever gave my back to you? Have I ever said no to you? How dare you not trust in me? How dare you not trust that I will fulfill my plan in your life? How dare you not trust that I will do a miracle? How dare you not trust that I am with you till the end of time? How dare you bring excuses in front of my face? When Moses begs God to send someone else, he is in effect telling the Lord, I don't trust you. And that angers God. Not only do excuses anger God, they also cause discouragement within the body of Christ. Excuses force, excuses force the few people to carry the weight of many. You know what, Santa Church, God has blessed and we're big, yes. But you know why I have to be the coordinator of sales over there? You know why I have to still be the director of music even though I don't play no more? You know why I have to be the director of all the departments, education, Sunday school, uh, nursery, sound, you know why I have to do all that? Because those that I think that have talent have told me, no, I can't, brother, I can't do it. So those few of us, which I'm considered, that are willing to work with God, have learned never to say no. Something I learned by Pastor Orozco, and I remember I was barely 15. He told me, Brother Saul, I was barely starting in church. He said, if God wants to use you, Never give an excuse. And if God wants to use you with another ministry, never say no. I have over 15 ministries at church and I have never said no. You know why? Because when I have needed God, in the moments more hard in my personal life, I've gone to God and he's never said no to me. No matter how busy he is, no matter how his agenda might look like, God has never turned back and said, I don't have time for you. Regardless of my situation and how hard it might be, my God has never given an excuse to me. Why will I say no? Shame on you if you don't have not even one ministry and you say no. Shame on you. We do not need someone else to do what God is calling us to do. God is calling you. He's not calling Aaron. He's not calling Miriam. God said, you, Moses, you, you, I'm calling you. I'm not calling your brother. I'm not calling your sister. I'm not calling your mama. I'm calling you.
If we let others do what we are afraid to do, we're probably letting them do what God is calling us to do. And all the blessings that were for me, now are going to go to someone else. Have you ever stepped, have you ever stopped to realize the harm you are doing yourself when you have an excuse? Finally, Moses responds in obedience. Exodus 4.20. So Moses took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey and started back to Egypt. And he took the staff of God in his hand. Moses ultimately did as the Lord asked. Think of the lives that he touched because of his obedience. Over two million Israelites under Moses eventually walked out of the land of slavery. When we walk in obedience, we too will touch the lives that are around us. And let me leave you with this. A famous preacher, Dr. B.J. Miller, once said, it is a great deal, it is a great deal easier to do that which God gives us to do. No matter how hard it is, than to face the responsibilities of not doing it. He continues, the cost of obedience is nothing compared with the cost disobedience oh but it's hard yes it's hard oh but my time yes it will take time oh, but I, I, I need to give money yes it will take money oh I will have to spend more gas yes you're gonna have to spend more, more gas oh but I need to do more maintenance in my car yes oh I'm gonna have to cut my overtime because yes there will be sacrifice but it is more worthy than you being disobedient and paying the consequences what is your excuse this morning? Can't or won't? This morning you need to be very careful which one you choose. Although we often choose to say we can't, what it literally is saying is I won't. Is your excuse I can't or I won't? The truth is that when we refuse to follow the Lord, it's because we won't. We disobey because we choose to, not because we have to. The sooner we accept the truth, the sooner we can change. Now listen carefully if you can stand up. Listen carefully to what I am about to say. Or you may not understand. God has a plan. But he never expects you to carry out the plan on your own. If God is telling you to do something, you're not going to do it alone. If God is telling you to do make changes in your life, he's going to help you. If God is telling you to open your house for a cell group, it's because he's going to be with you. 
If he simply wants you to make yourself available, that's all he wants. He wants you just to be available. Available as his instrument. Just no more excuses. No more excuses. Don't doubt yourself. Don't doubt God. Don't ask him how he's going to do it. What he's going to use. Don't say no. We've all heard the story of Jonah. He said no many times. And at the end of everything, he ended up doing what he didn't want to do. Wouldn't it have been much easier of him just saying yes in the beginning? But no. He was so dramatic. He ran away up in the ship. And then God sent a big storm and he fell off. And then a big whale came and ate him up. You know that animals, fishes, whales have enzymes and chemicals. That, that when they eat, that's why they can eat a human being with one slurp. And they digest it slowly because the enzymes inside of the animal, little by little, starts burning the skin and going to the meat and dissolving the bones. Imagine being inside the mouth of a whale. And he was there three days. Because that's what happens. When you run away from what God has for you. The purpose, the plan that God has in your life. When you try to run away. What happens? You suffer the consequences. Because let me tell you something. The devil does not treat good those that are disobedient to God. The devil does not recompense you because you failed God. You know what happens? The devil mistreats you even worse. Nothing good will happen when you disobey God. And I'm asking someone here, someone young, someone old. I don't, I don't care what age you are. You have had an excuse to serve God. God is telling you, I'm giving you another chance. I was 16 years old in high school. You know how I used to go to high school and... and I think I might have probably told Jackie and the Ramirez sister, but I used to go with a tie sometimes, and I used to take my Bible. Imagine back in the early 90s with my Bible and my tie in high school. Oh, I was a classical nerd. And I used to go to high school, and I used to preach. And I made a little Bible group before there were Bible groups. And let me tell you something. The little things that you have, you might think they're little, but for God says, I'm going to magnify them ten times bigger. Many young people here, God wants to use you. Many brothers and sisters, you have 20 years, 30 years of church, praise God, but you're still full of excuses. And God says, I want to wipe them out today. And I want to do an invitation this morning. Someone here that has given an excuse to God and wants to tell God this morning, Lord... No more excuses. Whatever you need, I am here. I know what you want from me. I will start doing that. Someone that can trust God this morning. I'm opening this altar. You have said no too many times. And God wants to give you another chance. Say yes to God this morning. No more excuses.